Welcome to the Waves Ministry Podcast. My name is Caroline Hare, and I'm the founder of Waves Girls Conference. We have girls conferences for girls ages 12 to 22 in the States as well as internationally. Our mission and vision is to encourage and equip young women to start making waves for Christ in their homes, community, and in the world. We hope that through this podcast that we can bring messages and words of life, wisdom, and hope through the Word of God, life issues, and help girls know their true identity and calling. How's everyone doing this morning? Woo! Did anyone actually get sleep last night? No, I didn't either, so I'm in your club. How was worship? It was great, wasn't it? Yeah? Sorry, I'm looking for my notes. I stuck them in here somewhere. Well, this morning, I have the privilege of talking to you guys about Currents. Um, honestly, this is probably one of my favorite sessions, um, and I think that's why every year I'm like, can I please preach it? Can I please speak to the girls on it? Um, and every year, I never really know what the Lord is um, going to say, but then he always starts downloading things to me. Um, and this year, he started talking to me about a particular scripture early in the year. And I've been sitting on it for months now. Um, And it's almost like every week, there would be a little bit more and a little bit more that would come together as he would just start to reveal himself to me in a greater measure and reveal what he wanted to speak to you guys. So how many of you guys know the story in the Bible where Jesus walks on the water? Yeah? All right, that's where we're gonna go today. So if everyone can turn with me to Matthew 14, verses 22, we're going to start there, okay? If you don't have a Bible, you probably all have phones and you can have your Bible app on there. So say amen when you're there. That is nobody. Hurry. Let's go. (laughs) All right. See it up on the screen? Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way away. From the land, from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against him. And in the fourth watch of the night, which fourth watch of the night means It was between like 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So it was that kind of like twilight hour where the sun was getting ready to come up. He came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And they said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I, do not be afraid. Quickly, I want us to turn to Mark chapter 6, verse 45, if you guys can put that up there on the screen. Um, We won't stay here long, we'll go back to Matthew, but just real quick, this is the same story of Jesus walking on the water, but this first part is told a little bit different, and I think it's awesome how there's different perspectives of what happened. So 45 says, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, and after he had taken leave of them, he went on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully. So they weren't getting, they were, they were going where they needed to go, 
but it was hard work because the seas were rough, there was storms, the wind was, was all around them, so they were struggling at this point. And it says, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Now watch right here. It says, he meant to pass by them. Could you imagine that, being on the boat? And then afterwards knowing that he was just going to pass by and let you keep on struggling? But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. See, I want to just... Um, talk about one thing here real quick. When it says that Jesus was just going to walk past them, even though he knew they were struggling, even though he knew what was happening, he could see the circumstances around him. He could see the chaos around them, but they were still fighting and they were still going. And he was just going to walk past. But here's the thing with God. He's always around us, but there are moments where he's, he's watching us and we'd rather sit in the boat and struggle than call out to him. And in this moment, they called out. And when they called out, he came to them. Because God doesn't want to just, he doesn't want to be some master to you. He doesn't want to oversee every single aspect of your life. He desires that, but he wants you to ask him in. He's not going to force himself but he will always be there. And that's something we have to remember in those times where we are struggling, those times where, where we're going, where is he? I know for me, I've got to ask the question, well, did I even ask for him to come? Did I even ask for him to show up? Did I cry out to him saying, God, I need you. Father, come, please come. I can't do this without you. In those moments of trial, that's when you have to call out to him. You have to cry out for him because he wants a relationship with you. This isn't one-sided. So verse 28 in Matthew chapter 14, we're going to continue there. And this is where I think it gets really interesting. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. I was reading this the other day again, and all of a sudden it hit me, and I went, do you think Peter had any idea what he was asking in that moment? Or do you think he was just shooting off from the hip and going, well, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say this and see what happens. I think Peter might have said it and gone, what did I just ask for? What I'm, wait a second. Did I ask to walk on the water? And I think not only was it just probably, a, a, as we like to call it, a knee-jerk reaction of just saying something, I wonder if he was testing Jesus. I wonder if it was a moment of, if you are who you say you are, then I can walk on the water too by your power, by you just commanding me to. I think it's also interesting, though, that Peter... Peter asked. He did not just run out to him, although we can do that with Jesus, but Peter asked. He said, 
command me. Command me to come to you, Father. Verse 29, Jesus said, come, just, just come. Now, this is the moment for me where I'm like, okay, so let's say this is the edge of the boat. I won't fall off, I promise. I will try not to. What do you say? If someone asked you, if you just looked at Jesus, say, say he was, you could see him, you were Peter, and he goes, all right, well, come on. Come to me. Y'all, I don't know if I could have made that first step. I don't, I'll be honest with you. I've thought about it. I've prayed about it. And I'm like, Lord, you would definitely have to be there in front of me because I don't know if I could do that. Because you're on this boat, from what the, the Bible is telling us, it was really rough out there. The seas were bad. The boat wasn't handling it very well. If you look in commentaries, they're saying, in, in certain way, it's, ri it's written that they were actually, like, bailing water out of the boat. So, I mean, this boat was not, was not great to begin with, but it was his only life raft in that moment. It was the only thing he could stand on and knew that he would not sink. I wonder if he thought, do you think he'll save me if I sink? Or what if he's, I mean, they had just come from seeing the Lord make, feed thousands of people from five loaves of bread and two fish, plus had enough for them at the end and enough for the kid to go home with and take back to his his parents. The kid had leftovers, which is pretty cool in my opinion. Like, God just doesn't give you what you need, but he gives you uh, more than enough. So, so we're at this point where Peter's seen miracles, but not one like this. This is something brand new. This is something that's never been seen before. And you've got to wonder if he was going, I know you can do things, but can you do this? And here's the other thing, and this hit me hard yesterday. What if he doesn't love me and he doesn't save me? I wonder if Peter thought that. Because I know there have been times in my life where I've gone, do you love me? Jesus, do you love me enough? to save me. I know you're asking me to go here. I know you're asking me to step out into this current, to step out from where I was, to step out, to be fully into you, into what you're asking me to do. But what if it doesn't work? But thankfully, thankfully, Peter did trust God. And I believe in that moment that Peter locked eyes on Jesus. Just like if you were walking a tightrope, tight you wouldn't look down. You always look forward straight ahead at where you're going. And I, I believe that Peter locked his eyes on the Father right there in that moment. He locked his eyes on Jesus, and he started walking. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, 
Lord, save me. I want us to stop right there. How far do you think Peter was from Jesus when he stepped out of the boat? I would say Peter was probably a good ways away. I know it's dark, it's dark, it's like between 3 a.m., 6 a.m., but if I'm out on a boat, it's nighttime, I'm thinking, I can see, if I'm Peter standing here and Jesus is back there where the tech booth is, I'm thinking, that's, that's a good amount, of, like in a boat, I could probably see with the moon, like Jesus out there. I'm going to go with that. So it's not like Peter just took a couple steps. He didn't take one or two and go, oh no, I'm sinking, Jesus save me. But he had to go quite a ways. I'm believing that Peter had to walk a while. But in that next part it says, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. How close was Peter? How far did Peter get for God to go, for Jesus to be, I've got you right here? How many times do we get so far, we take that walk and we're so far, we're almost to him, we're one step away, and we stop. And it's not even that you necessarily stop, but it's that you start getting hit from left and right, up and down, front and backwards from the enemy. Because you're so close to what God is asking you to do that the enemy goes, uh-oh, I didn't think they'd make it. I didn't think they would actually step out of the boat, but there they went. Okay, that's fun. Let's see what happens. Oh, they're more than halfway. Huh. I better see how far this goes. Oh, they're almost there. Let me drop fear in. Let me drop doubt in. Let me, let, let me show them what's around them. Let me pick up the wind. Let me pick up the sea. Let me make the waves bigger than they've ever been to where they lose sight of Jesus. And it's in that moment that you have to go, Father, I see you even though there's an obstacle in my face. I choose to see through that and to see you. Thirty-two says, no, I'm sorry, verse 31 says, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? The Passion Translation, which y'all don't have that back there, so don't worry about it, it says, Jesus said, what little faith you have, why would you let doubt in? And I love that, that, that version of it because it's, why would you? You were so close to me. Peter, you were so close, I reached out and I grabbed you. But why in that last step would you let doubt come in? Why would you let the fear of the enemy come in and overtake you? You were so close from coming out of this current, all of the nonsense, to jumping in to what I've asked you to. And I feel like there, it's that moment where he says, daughters, why? Why would you let it come in? Why would you let doubt come in in that moment when you are so close to me?
verse 32 says, and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased because he is peace. And where he goes, peace must come. And those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. I wanna ask you, are you like Peter and you're on the edge of the boat and you're having to make a decision whether you're going to trust what the Lord is asking you to do or you're going to stay in the boat? Stay where it's safe, but where, where pain resides, where shame is, where fear, where doubt comes in, where the anxiety stays. Or are you going to take a step? Because for some of us in this room, and I don't know where you are with Jesus. I would assume most of you guys are probably saved, but I don't know where exactly every single one of you are. But for some of us, that is the point of saying yes to Jesus, of saying, Father God, come into my heart. I surrender everything to you. And this weekend is God asking us to step out of the boat. He may not be saying, step out of it, walk a hundred yards to me, walking on water. But he might just be, daughter, I know that all you can give me in this moment is to step off of the boat. Whatever your life preserver um, is, he's asking you to give that up so that he can take you. When you lock eyes with the Father, something shifts inside of you, something changes. There is a move that happens. There is a, a shifting that takes place because no longer are you looking around at the obstacles around you, but you're locked in on him. And this is that moment where you say, I'm gonna lock eyes on Jesus before anything else. There are some of you who are saved and the Lord's asked you to do something. And I think in this moment, I'm really talking to the leaders out here. There are some of you that God has asked you to do something. And you are so close. You are one step away from seeing what he's asked you to do fulfilled. There, you are one moment away, one step away from seeing his glory fall all over you in your ministry. And for some of us, we do. We have the enemy coming and hitting us at the last moment saying, you can't do this. You're not called to this. Let's put another one out there. You're a woman, you can't do this. You're a girl, you can't do this. And he's saying, jump into it. Jump into this stream that I have for you. And you're in this stream and he's like, you're almost at the finish line. You're almost there. You're almost there. Stay with me, daughter. Keep your eyes locked on me. Don't move from him. In those moments where you feel the pressure coming from all sides, that's when you go, I only see you, Father God. Everything else has to go away. I like to say this one, Satan, get behind me. 
because when I can feel the punches coming from side to side, I know that that's not my God. I know that that's the enemy trying to take me down and it's in that moment and it took me a while to get to where I, I recognized what was happening, but I knew in that moment it was because he was asking me because I was almost there. I was almost there and the enemy was fearful of what I would do once I got there. And the enemy is fearful of what you'll do when you say yes to Jesus and he's fearful of what you'll do when you take that final step towards him. I wanted to share this with you guys because this was something that really impacted me um, a few months back. I, in, in speaking on what God's called you to, where he's called you to be, um, I really had a moment where I, I have a, I go to a small church. Um, we're over in Fort Walton Beach, Vision Church, Fort Walton Beach. It's awesome. Um, great pastors. They're amazing. And it's also my brother and his sister and his uh, wife, and they're just absolutely amazing, and we have a great thing going there, and I love them so much. And we are a small church, but I was given the, um, the, the ability, just the, the blessing of being able to be over the intercession team. And y'all, no one likes to pray. I'm just going to tell you that. And praying is the only thing that shifts things. So if you want to see things shift in your life, you need to start to pray. Get in your closet with Father God and ask him what he wants to say to you. That's the only thing you hear this weekend. Start to pray. Because that shifts things like you would not believe. I know when I need a shift, when I need something to break, I go get with God and I, it's just me and him. And I say, Father God, what is it that you want? But even more than that, it's amazing to come into community with people and pray. If you have FCAs at your school, I just encourage you to go to them and, start, and go to your leader at FCA and start a prayer meeting. See what happens in your school. See what breaks off in your school. Jump into that flow and that current and see what happens. See what he does. But... It was one of the first nights that we had like our Thursday night prayer meeting. And y'all, I got there and I was by myself. <laughs> it was fine. Me and Jesus had a great time, okay? Um, I got to just like lay on the floor, be with him, just like just pray and cry out, cry out for our city, cry out for our church. Like, um, and it was awesome. Next week, I had three people. It was awesome. <laughs> I was not by myself. <laughs> the next week, we had two. It was me and the pastor, me and my brother. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and it was in that moment that I became frustrated. I didn't know. I was like, God, what's stopping your people from coming? What is it? Why won't they show up? What is going on? I don't know how to shift this. I don't know how to change this. I don't know what we're supposed to do. I don't know how to get people into that stream and that current of, of wanting to press into you. And I'll never forget because he said to me, 
He said, if this is all it ever is for you, is you and me praying, you praying to me, you crying out to me, if this is all it ever is, will this be enough for you? Because ladies, this platform, this microphone, it doesn't mean anything. I'm humbled, I am grateful to be here. But I know in the grand scheme of things, none of this matters. If I don't have a personal relationship with God, and if I'm not seeking after him above seeking everything else. Because fame, status, all that doesn't matter. Because what we've come to find out, especially here recently, is some of the biggest pastors are going through some of the most troubling times. And I don't know why. I don't know what, what the real root is, because I think all of them are different. I think there's, there's different issues everywhere, but I think if we could all get back to where it's just you and Jesus, things would be so much easier. And when he asked me if this was enough for me, I lost it. I wept out because I had to check my heart. I had to ask myself, is it enough? Am I going just after Jesus or am I trying to use Jesus to gain a platform? Because that's not okay. That will never be okay. And in that moment, I, I cry out to him and I said, yes, it is more than enough. If, there's, if this is all it ever is, is me and you, Jesus. There's no one else that ever shows up. If you never give me a mic again, if you never allow me to talk to people, if, to speak in front of a crowd, if you never, if, if this is it, I'm okay with it. If you want to put me in the Congo on a dirt floor in a hut and no one ever knows the works that you do there and you just want me to love on your people, I'm okay with that. And then this is the thing I heard him say, it's more than enough for me. Daughters, all he wants is for you to get, is to be with him. He's crying out for that, that intimacy with you, that one-on-one -on -one time, to where it's nothing but him and you, where you are worshiping him because of who he is, not because of what he can do for you, although he does love you and he gives us good gifts. He just wants to be with you. Now don't take this and turn this around later and, and you decide that you're mad at somebody at the church and you say, oh, I just need me and Jesus. Miss Christie said that because that's not what I'm saying. And if you think that, you need to go read your Bible because your Bible says others. The Bible talks about being in fellowship with others around you, with other Christians around you. Your church family, your youth group, your small group, your friends are one of the most important things that you can have around you. And if you have friends around you that are not believers and you're not working on them to save them, then you need to drop them or you need to figure out why it's not in your heart to save them. Why it's not in your heart to see Jesus shine out of them. Because when you are in a community of people who they are going after the same thing, I'll be honest with you, stuff like this happens. This came out of a heart of prayer, correct? 
It came out of her heart of prayer, then the Lord put it on my heart, put it on Taylor's heart, put it on Amanda's heart, and here we are today. But it comes through prayer. It comes through, through jumping in that current with him. And so this morning, I, do, I want to do an altar call with you guys, and I want to ask you, are you in that moment where you're on the boat and I'll ask the team to come up, the worship team. Sorry, guys. Um, is it that moment to you where you are on the side? You're right on the edge of the boat, ready to walk on the water when Jesus says, come. Are you going to take the step towards him? Or are you going to stay where you're at because it's comfortable, because it's what you know? Because I've been there to, before where, where, where the pain was comfortable because I knew it was coming. I knew what to expect. I understood what disappointment was, so when it hit, it wasn't bad. But I didn't know what it was to hope. I didn't know what it was to ask for, for joy and for peace. All I knew was the pain. And it took me standing between in a kitchen and a living room to, to go over that threshold and say, yes, God, I give it all to you. For some of us, that, that's where we are today. And there's another group where you've been walking that line. You've been going after him. You've been chasing him. And you're starting to feel the hits of the enemy. And you don't know if you can make it. But in that moment, in that last step, I ask that, that you would cry out to the Lord as Peter did. But when you cry out, you're running towards him. It's not a because I'm about to sink, but it's a because I can see you and I'm going to go to the finish line. I'm going to run towards you like I've never run towards anything before. So I'm going to ask our, um, our prayer team, Rebecca, Hope, if y'all would come up and just help lay hands on people and pray for them. Ladies, when you come up, just come up here and start to worship. Our leaders here, they will go and start to lay hands on people as the Lord leads them. So there's no reason for lines. Just come up here and start to worship him. If that is you in that moment, if you're wanting to get lost in him today, I ask you to just come up here and say yes to him. Say, I'm going to leave the old and I'm going to jump in the new. Thank you for listening to the Waves Ministry Podcast. For more information about our ministry, check out our website, wavesgirlsconference.com and our social media at Waves Girls Conference. Today, we hope you start making waves in your home, community, and world.